to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's Old Walls. And I'm back with you, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 111. 111. Coming your way. We're going live on a Sunday night. No notes. We're just doing it up. Just doing it up. So, uh, first of all, thank you, as always, to everybody. Uh, big appreciation to everybody who watches and listens and, and hangs out with me and, and gives me feedback. So, thank you to everybody. I appreciate the support uh, very much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to producer Kevy for, for putting the show together for us. So thank you to him. Uh, as always, got to do that little bit of housekeeping if you guys could. I'd appreciate this even more if you could comment, subscribe, share, uh, review. Do it all. Do it all. Let the people know. Old Wall's house. That's the place to be. Uh, fun show coming. We're talking uh, Genesis Invitational. Golf. Golf is going to be the main story tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We had a great golf tournament. There's no football. We're talking golf. We got hockey. We got college basketball. We got my passing thoughts. Probably be a little shorter episode. I say that, and God knows what I'll what will run through my mind while we're doing it. Uh, before we get into that all, though, uh, Liquid IV. If you're looking for 20% off on Liquid IV, promo code is OWH. O for all, W for walls, H for house. Liquid IV. If you're looking for better hydration, it's the place to go. Uh, you can get better uh, hydration than water alone. Three times the hydration, or two times the hydration than water alone. Three times as many electrolytes as the leading sports drink. They believe in equitable access to water and have given away over 39 million servings. It's non-GMO. It's non, it's vegan. Uh, it's non-dairy. It's all the good stuff. It's all the good stuff. Uh, it comes in that convenient little packet. I like it. It helped me get through my sickness. I'm kind of on the I'm on the other end of the sickness. I got a cough. I'm going to cough probably at some point in this episode, but I'm through it. So, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's go dive into the golf. What do you say? Hideki Matsuyama wins the Genesis Invitational. An eventful week. An eventful week. Uh, Hideki kind of comes out of nowhere this week. Uh, starts the day six shots back. Goes on to shoot a final round, 62, 62, comes out blazing. Birdies one, two, three, then pars out the rest of the front nine. So you don't really hear a whole lot about him early. Uh, you know, he gets it, you know, so if he was 17, nine less than 17 is eight. So he gets it up to 11, but still back of the leaders. Still back of what the leaders were uh, because Cantlay started the day at 14 uh, Shoffley started the day at 12, so they, they were still out ahead of him, but Hideki obviously blazes it. But so he gets out to 11, and then this is when you hear about him. He goes on 10, 11, and 12. He goes birdie, birdie, birdie again, and then all of a sudden he's there. He's on the scoreboard. You're seeing shots of him. And then in just another amazing stretch, 15, 16, 17, 15, and 16, I think he hit it to a combined foot. Hang on. I took a picture here. I, I might be able to find this without taking me eight years. You never know. Uh, sorry, he hit it to one feet, two inches on both those holes. Total, total, not not each, total. He hit it to eight inches, eight inches from 189 yards on 15. And then on the par 3 16th, he hit it to six inches on uh, 16 from 160 yards. Eight and then six. Eight and then six. Just, you know, incredible. Uh, knocks it over the green on 17, uh, gets that up and down. There was a little bit of like a half-ass controversy about him, the ball moving. Then they showed it, uh, and I didn't see it when he was chipping. He was kind of, you know, as he was saying, the ball was like oscillating a little bit. 
at first I was like, ooh, maybe we got a Hideki little cheating scandal. There are rumors. There are rumors out there in the universe that Hideki has been less than truthful in the past. <clears throat> There's the cough. It's not won't be the last one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but no, there was nothing to that. There was nothing to that at all. That was it was a whole big nothing burger. So Hideki Matsuyama, six back to start the day. A Sunday 62, one shot off of the course record, kind of, you know, runs away with it all of a sudden late, uh, finishes three clear of Will Zalatoris and Luke List. Uh, Luke List? Luke List? Let's talk about Luke for a second. Uh, his front nine, this, this thing looked like it was going to get real boring because of Luke List. Luke started the day at 11 under. And making the turn, he had it up to 16 on his own. And then all of a sudden, he had a kind of a, a squirrely... I mean, he was hitting it to nothing, too. Let's see Let's see some of these birdies he made. On seven... Let's see. On seven, he hit it to six feet. On five, he hit it to 11 feet. On three, he hit it to 13 inches. And then on one, he hit it to seven feet for eagle. So he started the day out with an eagle on one, which is, you know, a very buriable par five. So eagles there uh, actually, you know, aren't, aren't like crazy huge, but like they're, you're actually earning something. If you don't make birdie there, you're giving shots back to the field, I'd have to imagine, or, or pretty darn close to it. So he makes the turn at five under. And then on 10, <clears throat> he, he had a drive 264 to the front greenside bunker. Kind of flare cut one out. <clears throat> And then he hit it out. He had, he just punched. He, I mean, it wasn't a punch because he was out of the bunker, but just essentially laid up to the front of the green. The tenth green at Riviera is weird to say the least. They've done some work on it. They they were able to at least add a middle pin. It's borderline stupid. Uh, a lot of the sand coming out of the bunkers is built up and like kind of form crowns uh, around the hole. Uh, the fourth hole. Not to get too off track. The fourth hole at fucking Riv is stupid. For as great of a golf course as Riv is, the fourth hole is dumb. It's like 235. You have to, like, land one out front of the green and just hope it hops up on. It's a par three. It's dumb. It's dumb. Back to 10. 10 can get dumb. And 10 is a, a, a hole that used to be considered a good risk-reward hole uh, where some people may lay up, some people may go for it. Now everybody just goes for it, tries to chip it somewhere where they can two-putt and gets the fuck out of there. Uh, if you can make a birdie and the, the whole position is good for you, then sweet. You're in a good spot. Uh, it's it's a hole that's it's probably not that good of a hole. I know they were talking about this on the pre-show, uh, no laying up. They were saying, what is another like hole that's kind of, well, I don't even remember what the exact term was. Like good hole that's not really a good hole. Like 17 at, at Sawgrass, it's just a giant green floating out in the middle of the ocean that... <laughs> <clears throat> sorry, not the Oceanal Lake, that really, you know, can penalize marginal shots, but, like, a bad shot can, like, still hit the green. It's really not that great a hole, but it adds great intrigue, incredible intrigue, which, and I mentioned this a little bit. I have fucking straight so far from the Lucas point, but I mentioned this at the start of the week, or last week when talking about this. Good golf courses, to me, produce good fields that produce good – you know, down the stretch that produce good winners that can pr produce compelling tournaments. Riv does that. 
almost all the time. Uh, I was talking with a friend of the pod, Mr. Matt Waiter. We were talking about watching uh, uh, a tournament at Riv back in, it was the Northern Trust at the time uh, when we were back in college. And uh, Phil, and, I, and they ended up showing the the videos. Phil made a putt on the 18th and Keegan made out a putt on the 18th to go into a playoff with Bill Haas. Uh, you know, so you can look back at the the history of, of this event and you can see that there are, there are good good winners, good events. I mean, last year, John Rahm and Max Homa. Uh, two years ago, Joaquin Neiman, uh, Colin Morikawa, and Cameron Young <clears throat> were, were barreling down the stretch at him. 2021, Max Homa and Tony Finau in a playoff. 2020, Adam Scott, uh, a, kind of a list of a, a weird bunch of people chasing him down. Scott Brown, Kang Sung Hu, or also known as Sung Kang, and Matt Kuchar. So a little bit of a weird one there, but the, you go back the year before. 2019, one stroke, J.B. Holmes, Justin Thomas. 18, two strokes, Kevin Na, Tony Finau behind Bubba Watson, who's won this three times. Dustin Johnson wins it by seven. Uh, Bubba Watson wins it one stroke over Jason Kokrak and Adam Scott. Uh, James Hahn in a playoff over Paul Casey and Dustin Johnson. Bubba two strokes over Dustin Johnson. 2013 playoff, 2012 the playoff I was talking about. Uh, 11, Aaron Badley, Stricker, Phil, Phil, Charles Howell, Adam Scott, uh, a couple of Mike Weir. So, <clears throat> Riff, good golf course that produces good tournaments, won by good players with good, exciting finishes. It's a winner of a course. So, just remember that when someone rants out about how great a golf course architecture is. Blah, 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 blah. Just remember that when they do. Like, this is a course that is the, the golf course architect nuts will fall all over. But it's a good golf course because it produces good golf tournaments and produces good winners. Luke List. We're back to Luke List. Uh, from there, from like 80 feet. I think it was 80-some feet. Uh, let's get back to it. Uh, Luke List on the 10th here. Play-by-play. Yes, uh, 87 feet, 8 inches. Uh, he left himself a 10-footer for par. Misses the 10-footer and then never really recovered. He bogeys 12 and 15 before finally making a birdie on 17. Shoots a final round 68, which is respectable. It's just when you come off a of front 930, take the solo lead and look like this thing's all but over and this thing's about to get boring, not so much the case. It doesn't feel as, it feel as good at the end of the day. Then after all that started happening, we had a five-way tie at the top. We had Luke List. Hideki got himself involved. Will Zalatoris, and then the final pairing of Cantlay and Shoffle. Uh Cantlay and Shoffle, not their best um, performance. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, I told you, this cough is going to, as I talk more and more, it's, it's probably going to keep coming throughout the pod. Cantlay, not his best performance. Does not make a birdie on the front nine. Does not make a bogey. Shoots an even par, 35. Uh, bogey's 10, bad bogey. Uh, comes back and makes birdie on 11 after hitting a, a really good shot in there. Uh, but then gives it right back on 13 or 15. Makes a bomb on 18 just to get it to one over uh, to finish tied for fourth. But uh, not his best performance. Xander Shoffley, not his best performance. He got up there tied and then made three bogeys in a row after he holed out for Eagle. Eagle on 11. Uh, but, yeah, it just it just didn't work out for those guys in the final group. Um, shocking. They were like a hole behind most of the day. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I apologize. I apologize, people. Deal with me. Uh, other good rounds. Adam Hadwin, six under. 
Uh, Adam Hadwin, next best round of the day. Uh, so Hideki, back 930, 9 under 62. Adam Hadwin, 6 under 65. Nobody else better than a 4 under 67. So that is a really, really impressive round from Hideki. Uh, just kind of scanning down the uh, the board here. Uh, Tom Hoagie, four under to, to move up and make himself some cash. Tommy Fleetwood, a guy I didn't really see at all, four under uh, on the day. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, three under, T10 for Scotty. Uh, Victor Hovland, a guy you really didn't really hear or see a lot of. Max Homa, uh, two under today, was seven under total. Made a triple on the second hole this week that really derailed him. I mean, without that, he's 10 under. He's top 10. You know, I picked him this week, so that didn't that didn't really turn out how I wanted. Uh, Ludwig Auberge, uh, three under today. Uh, pretty much other than that, you know, uh, Lee Hodges, uh, four under, gets himself a top 25. It's going to make him some money. Uh, winner's check was $4 million. Um, Cantlay pushed out, uh, the, the cut pretty good, got it outside the, the 10 stroke rule, which everyone was like, Oh, it'll be a pretty small cut. And they ended up cutting close to 20 guys. I think it was 18, 17 guys got cut, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. 17 guys got cut. <clears throat> we had a DQ from Jordan Spieth who signed the wrong scorecard. We can discuss that in a minute as well. And Tiger Woods withdrew after a lot of fanfare over the uh, the big cat. He withdrew. Uh, flu-like symptoms, Got was dehydrated, got a IV. There was an ambulance at the course on Friday. Uh, but the big cat, not around for the weekend. That said, wasn't looking like he was going to be around for the weekend anyway. Um, some notables to miss the cut. Matt Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Rogers. Is he really notable or is he just notable because Wader bets on him every week? Nobody knows. Uh, Justin Thomas, Nick, Nick Hardy. Nick Hardy missed the cut too, huh? Oh, well, that, that, that wasn't when I clicked on that. That was when I was thinking. Grayson Murray, CAU. Yeah. So, Let's touch on Spieth, the scorecard thing. You wonder if there's a if we've reached a point in pro golf where golfers signing their own scorecards. It, like, are we past that? <clears throat> we probably should be, but we're not. So, I'm torn. I, I'm torn on this because I, I've played golf my whole life, or most of it, like from the time I was 14. <clears throat> Played in high school, played in college. I've played, you know, amateur events, club championships as an adult. You keep your own scorecard and you do your best to do it. I'm, I'm kind of meticulous with it. All my friends used to pick on me that I would keep a really neat scorecard and I liked it. Like, fair, I would write very neat in it and I would get annoyed when people wrote fucking messy scorecards. So I'm a little different in this aspect. I read a story, I think Kyle Porter was tweeting it about how Spieth. He saw him at a tournament, and Spieth was, like, sitting in a lawn chair just off the, like, 16th or 17th green and didn't want to go to the 18th tee because he was going to have to wait. And he's like, what are you going to do? well, I haven't wrote down the last 17 scores. So maybe Smith's not a good scorecard guy to begin with. 
But like you gotta know, and there was, and I think Shoffley said he had to go to the bathroom afterwards, like wasn't feeling well himself. You gotta know, man. You gotta know the scorecard. Like, I, I'm not gonna get upset that he got disqualified. He broke a rule that the penalty is disqualification. That's all there is to it. We can have a separate discussion if if maybe we move past the point where you should be getting if these guys should be keeping their own score. Like, oh yeah, Michael Jordan and or LeBron James and Steph Curry don't ask what the score is. I get it, <coughs> but there's there's a, a like who's keeping it? Like, are we just doing it by shot link, like, and just going by that? And like, you know, the walking scores with these guys for each week are usually volunteers set up by the tournament, and then like they don't do it ever again for the rest of the year. So there, there's that whole thing too. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's we'll we'll move on from that. Um, who else did I want to talk about here? Well, there there should be noted about this. Hideki's wins. He's won at Augusta National, the Masters. Riv, Mirfield Village for the Memorial Jacks Tournament. TPC Scottsdale, fun place we just had. Wiley Country Club. Firestone. Like, this dude wins in all sorts of places. I mean, it helps that he absolutely just fucking pures the ball around, so... You know, it makes it a lot easier. I think we need to get to Scott, to Scott Scheffler, who who logs another top 10, a T10 this week. It, it, it's, I don't know how many more times we can say this. And like I, I'm, we shouldn't be surprised. Scotty Scheffler, T to green this week, strokes gained. Anybody want to wager a guess? First, first, he led the field tee to green strokes gained this week. The numero uno guy, despite Hideki Matsuyama winning the tournament, who is a known absolute fucking flusher of the golf ball, pures it. Scotty Scheffler, still number one. He finished strokes gained putting 51st. That is last. He finished first in strokes gained tee to green, last in putting, strokes gained. There's something happening here. I don't know what it is, but my guy cannot putt. I think there was a stretch. Hang on. I, I probably put this in my notes. No, no, there wasn't. I didn't put it in my notes. Nope, nope, no notes. I could have swore I saw a stretch where Scotty was just missing putts. Like, this is incredible. Dead last. Dead last. He finished. He was last in putting and finished top 10. My guy can't. If my guy putts average, like if he finishes 25th, he's in this tournament. You have to imagine. Maybe I can find. Maybe I can find 25th. Like, how many strokes did he lose to the field? God, where do we find this? Where do we find it? Da 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 da. I just saw the. Oh, let's see, let's see. We might be able to go to Data Golf. That'll, that'll do it for us. But like this dude, I, I'd have to imagine if he finished twenty fifth in in strokes gained putting, he'd be in contention. Okay. Oh God. The problem is I can't fucking understand this website is the problem. 
Live model? Does live model get me what I want? Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Okay. We've got we've got to the actual spot. Uh this is just a scoreboard. This is a scoreboard. Strokes gain distribution? Is this what we want? Oh Jesus Christ. Turn tournament stats. Live stats. Aha! Here we go. See, this doesn't have him let see, this is the other thing. Oh, you know, this is it's in order. It's in order. Hang on. Hang on. I'm almost there. Bear with me, people. Scott Scheffler lost half a stroke in round four putting. Round four. Event. That's what we're looking for. Event. Hang on. We're getting closer, people. You lost one one shot putting. Really? That's dead last? It felt like more. It felt like he's lost more. Oh, JJ. Okay. Yeah. So that was dead last. He lost half a stroke today, or 0.4 strokes today. He gained half a stroke yesterday, on Saturday, actually. Lost 1.87 in round two. Lost 2.59 in round one. He lost like four strokes in the first two rounds. So he like lost four strokes. And finished T10. Incredible. Incredible. And finished at 800. So he lost four strokes, give or take. Good God. Oof. Uh, One other thing here, and we'll kind of wrap up the golf thing. Good to have Will Zalatoris back, man. Uh, dude hits the fucking shit out of the golf ball. Uh, seems to have found a little something with the, the broomstick. Uh, he was losing a little bit shorter of a broomstick. He said there's... <clears throat> it was just out of personal preference, but uh, you're not going to be able to uh, uh, accuse him of any uh, cheating due to to, uh, to lodging. So uh, good to have Wells Alatorres back. Apparently lost a family member on Thursday um, and played through it. He broke down a little bit in the, the post-round press conference. So uh, thoughts with, with Willie Z, but good to have Willie Z back. Adds a fun dimension, fun player to watch. Um, he's all of about 105 pounds. Uh, and just absolutely roasts it. So, uh, fun week, man. For no football, we needed a good golf tournament today and this week, and we got it. Riv was a was a hit, as always. Uh, I don't know where they're at next week. I, I know the – I'm like 99% sure that the uh, – oh, it's the Mexico Championship, and I'm pretty sure the field is fucking terrible. Uh, then we go Honda Classic after that. And then March 7th is a dual week. We got the Puerto Rico Open and then the Arnold Palmer, which is another uh, signature event, designated event, whatever we're calling it. And then the players after that, obviously, a signature designated event. Then we go a couple weeks without, three weeks without, and then we lead to the Masters. So, uh, so yeah, rough golf. Rough golf next week. I don't know what we got going on. We might need to find something else to do next weekend. All right, so let's talk uh, some college basketball. The Heels. The heels, the Tar Heels. Uh, interesting week. Interesting week. Um, yeah, just just a bad loss to start the week Tuesday uh, against the uh, the Syracuse Orange. 
Syracuse came to play. They, they were hitting their shots. They got some a big game from, what's this one? Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys. Uh, one of those seven only played six minutes. Six minutes. They had two guys go 40, a guy go 36, a guy go 31, and then a guy go 21, 23, and then a guy go six. So they were leaning on, on their dogs. Um, meanwhile, I mean, I, I don't know. He's, he led the team in scoring. He played all 40 minutes. And I could not have been more disappointed in Cormac Ryan. What was like? What was his his shooting percentage? Because it was terrible. I I I just thought to myself, this guy sucks. That's what I saw thought watching that game. This guy sucks. And somehow he led the team in scoring that day. He was six of fourteen. He was four and nine from three. He must have made some late ones. Just hasn't been shooting the ball well. Uh, it was not R.J. Davis's best game. He scored a bunch of points late. Uh, Elliot Cadeau, they did do a little something nifty against the zone. I like this. They put Elliot Cadeau in the middle. I talk about Syracuse playing a bunch of guys a lot of minutes. I mean, Carolina, Harrison Ingram, 33, Baycott, 30, Cormac Ryan, 40, R.J. Davis, 37, Elliot Cadeau, 31, then 11 minutes from Seth Trimble, nine minutes from Jalen Washington, and seven minutes from Jalen Withers. So there's definitely a, I don't know if it's a bench problem or uh, a lack of trust in the bench, but, I mean, if you look at it, like this will happen from time to time. They just don't get to the bench. Uh, but back to what they were doing against the zone. The Syracuse really hasn't been playing this year. <clears throat> and this is a Syracuse team that the Heels beat by like 35 in Chapel Hill. Just a complete and utter uh, disgrace of of a loss, really. Uh, I know it's college basketball. I know it's a road game. I know it's, you know, the Carrier Dome or what the fuck. The JMA Dome. It's so stupid. God, I'm old man yells at college. I'm back in my day. That was a Carrier Dome. It's always going to be the Carrier Dome to me. God, I'm old. I'm old. Uh, but but what they did do well against the zone, and I like this. This was a nice wrinkle. They had Elliot Cadeau, their point guard play the middle so that he could, you know, get the ball, look, make a pass, drive to the hole. And I was thinking this as I was watching it, like these guys were catching the ball and it's, it's the debilitating thing that a two, three zone does to teams sometimes is that whoever catches it in the middle, like at the foul line, instead of turning and facing the basket and being like, okay, I can take a 15 foot, like relatively uncontested jump or if someone wants to come out and press me, I can try and make a move and get to the hole. <clears throat> Instead, they catch it, and their back faces the basket the whole time. So nobody, nobody has to worry at all about them making any sort of move at the basket. And they, like, play defense on themselves, and the rest of the defense either gets to kind of collapse in or, like, just like look just where he's going to pass because he's not going to turn and take a shot. Like, if you don't turn and face the basket, like, there's no way you can score. It's the most mind-blowing thing, and it continues to happen in in all levels of basketball. I mean, God, watch a fucking high school basketball game. Watch someone catch it in the middle, and they'll, ah, and just try and chuck it out to the other wing to just chuck up a three. How many threes did the Carolina shoot that day? Five, nine, 
14, 15, 11 from RJ Davis. So 26, 27 threes. Oof. Oof. Not great. All that said, all that said, bounce back win uh, Saturday. Virginia Tech comes to town. The Heels almost score 100. Uh, you get a better performance from Baycott, RJ Davis. Again, not much into the bench. Seth Trimble got 21 minutes. Again, Jalen Washington, 10. Jalen Withers, 9. Paxson Wojcik played three minutes. I mean, the scoring is coming from the same four guys. Elliot Cadeau scores some here and there. Trimble scores a little bit. Jalen Washington and Jalen Withers get some, like, trash buckets. But, I mean, it's it's Harrison Ingram. It's Armando Baycott. It's R.J. Davis and it's Cormac Ryan. I mean, that's where it's coming from. Uh, so they get the bounce back win, though, which I guess is the important thing. Uh, don't play again until uh, Saturday. Saturday, they go to Virginia. They go to Virginia, a Virginia team that's been playing some of their better ball of late. Uh, they just had a tough one, I think, against Wake Forest this weekend. Yeah, what a barn burner. 49-47. All the fucking points in the world. Uh, they did just drop one to Pitt, but before that, they'd won a number of games in a row. Before that, the last time they had lost was to Wake Forest back in January 13th. January 13th, they'd beaten Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, NC State, Louisville, Notre Dame, Clemson, Miami, uh, Florida State again, then just lost to Pittsburgh. But uh, granted, out a real, real high-scoring affair against Wake Forest. So that's okay. <coughs> Virginia and Wake Forest scored as many points as North Carolina did on Saturday. Exactly as many points. 47, 49. That's 96. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, so North Carolina, they got they head to uh Virginia this weekend. Then they got a tough stretch. They go Miami, North Carolina State. Um, both solid teams. Uh, you know, another in-state rival, and then they finish the following week, uh, host Notre Dame. And then at Duke, Cameron Indoor to, to finish up the season. So, you know, slow week this week with just the one game, but a, an important game. Virginia can buck up the game. You know, 96 points probably ain't going to be scored uh, against Virginia next weekend. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Flyers. Flyers. The, uh, the stadium series. Mm-mm, mm-mm, not great. Not great. 32 seconds into the game. 32 seconds into the game. 32 seconds into the game, the Devils were up. Uh, They ended up winning 6-3. They were up 2-0. The Flyers got it to 2-1. Then all of a sudden, it was like 4-1 again. I'm trying to remember the exact thing. It was, there were a couple stretches where the Flyers made it relatively competitive. And then it just got out of hand again very quickly. So 32 seconds, 2-0. Then it goes 2-1. And about nine minutes later, it's it's four, it's 3-1. Then it's 4-1. Um, Tippett again scored at the end of the second period. I think 4-2, okay. There's a, there's some hope. Nope, third period, right, right out of the gate, pretty much. Um, and then an, an empty netter to, to finish up to make it 6-3. Uh, it just... Outshot him again. Um, faceoffs got killed in faceoffs. Got killed in faceoffs. So tough loss. That was uh, 
a game that could have been really, really crucial. Uh, the Flyers still hold a five-point advantage over the Devils. The Devils, though, two less games played. So if the Devils were to win both, it's just a one-point advantage. You know, had you flipped that, they would have been up nine points, nine points instead of just a five. Ah, oofta, oofta. Um, earlier in the week, earlier in the week, they did kind of eke out a, uh, on Thursday against the Maple Leafs, eked out a point uh, after being down as much as 3-1. Sent it to overtime, ended up losing in overtime, but um, Travis Konechny scored a goal uh, late into the third period to tie it up. They scored within a minute of each other <clears throat> to tie it up and then unfortunately ended up losing in overtime. But uh, they did win. So, the, you know, three points coming out of the week. Um, their their pace slows down a little bit this week. Uh, they don't play till Wednesday now when they travel to Chicago to play the Blackhawks. So back-to-back games on national television. That is a TNT game uh, for the Flyers at the Blackhawks. 6.30 start time here in the Central Time Zone. Uh, going to be pedal to the metal to get myself into the stadium. I'll be going to my first NHL hockey game. Then Saturday, they host the Rangers. Uh, Sunday are at the Penguins. And then Tuesday, host the Lightning. So a lot happening. Uh, that's a you know a, a six-day stretch, four games in six days after they get a little break here. But then again, get a stretch out till Friday uh, after that. So important week. Blackhawks not very good. Uh, Connor Bedard is back this week. Uh, so that's going to make things a little more difficult. Uh, Rangers, decent team, Penguins, decent team, Lightning, pretty decent too. So um, this whole stretch is very important. Like I said, five-game advantage over the the Devils, but, you know, two games ahead. So if the Devils were to win the next two games and be even points-wise, even games-wise, just one point ahead. So uh, important to to win when you can, get points when when you can, you know, even if you're, you know, battling it out, just get something to overtime because uh, – this is we're in the home stretch now. I think the the final game is the 16th of April in the regular season. So we're inside the last two months here in the NHL regular season. Uh, the Flyers are in that third position in the division. What does it look like for the wild card here? Um, wild card. Yeah, Lightning have 65 points with uh, the same number of games as the Flyers. The Detroit Red Wings have 62 points with one less game. Uh, with two less games than the the Flyers. So uh, crucial, crucial to hold on to that third spot in the division. So um, big, big stretch here for the Flyers. That said, rebuilding year, they're giving me all I could ask for, for, you know, a hockey fan. Like I'm watching important games in February and March and in early April here. So let's maybe they can find a way to sneak themselves into the playoffs. That'd be pretty cool. Time for some passing thoughts. Uh, yeah, passing thoughts time. Uh, you know, to go with the theme of this episode, not a ton happening here this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I was laid up a lot of the week for, with sickness. Uh, didn't get to experience a whole lot, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, just didn't just didn't do a lot. It was uh, it was Valentine's Day. The roommate and I always have a tradition. We get a a Papa Murphy's pizza. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's, I think, is a pretty Midwestern uh, chain. It is uh, take-and-bake pizza, so the, they make up the pizza dough, uh, cheese and all that stuff. 
but it is it's not it's not cooked. You bring it home and you cook it. But it is fantastic. It might be the best pizza. It might be the best pizza in the Midwest. Uh, the chain of pizzerias traces its history back to 1981 when Papa Aldo's pizza chain was founded in Hillsborough, Oregon. Oregon. Uh, three years later, Murphy's Pizza chain began operating in uh, California. Both chains were later acquired and consolidated by Terry Collins into Poppy, Papa Murphy's. It was voted Best Pizza Chain in America in 2003 by Restaurants and Institutions Magazine. Uh, 2010 sold to Lee Equity Partners. Cool. Uh, 1,500 locations. 1,500. Where can I see? Uh, 1,300 outlets. United States, Canada, United Emirates. Where got Papa Murphy's locations? Let's let's search Papa Murphy's locations. All Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, or sorry, Louisville, Louisiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Mini, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, and Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma. South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Washington, Wisconsin. So no uh, no Northeast. You have everything. You have South, Southwest, Midwest, uh, Utah, Colorado. So you have kind of the mountain states. Uh, the Carolinas are on here, or at least North Carolina, South Carolina. But no Virginia, no Maryland, no Pennsylvania, New York, anywhere up in the up in the the New England states, so yeah, so kind of a, a Midwest and West uh, West Coast kind of thing, but it's fantastic. You pick it up; it's got a tray that it can go right in the oven. It's got a cover. It's got your thing on it that gives you the directions of paper. Rip the plastic covering off. Slide that bitch in the oven. 15, 20 minutes, you're good to go. They make a fantastic. The roommate picked up a a pull apart garlic bread, like a garlic monkey bread. Oh, that might have been better than the pizza. Um, they also make tremendous cookie dough. Tremendous cookie dough. Um, I mentioned I've been sick. I was, I was sick last week. <laughs> made some tomato soup. Uh, you know, tomato soup, good for the soul. I like just Campbell's condensed tomato soup. Like, rip open the top, dump it in. Fill that bitch with milk. I know on there it says water. If you put water in there... I don't want to know you, man. I don't want to know you. The milk is so much better. I can't imagine having Campbell's tomato soup with water. Ew. Disgusting. What are you, poor? Put some milk in there. I shouldn't have said that. That was mean. That was mean. But milk. Milk is good. Might as well well stay on the food food, uh, kind of train here. Um, For those of you people who are flyers, like airline flyers, not Philadelphia flyers. Uh, you're probably familiar if you fly. I think it's, I know Delta does it because Delta has it engraved with their own thing. The Biscoff cookies, <coughs> I think American has them too. Those Biscoff cookies, I think they're like made to go with uh, with coffee. Sorry, I got something in my eye here. Um, but I love those things. I always talk to my wife. I'm like, I fucking love these things. Da, da, da. And she's always like, and they're, you're like impossible to find in supermarkets. I think she ordered them on 
uh, Amazon to get these. But I found a Biscoff cookie cheesecake recipe and sent to the roommate. And she whipped it up and, oh, my God. The roommate's too good of a, like a cook, a, a baker, really, too. She loves to bake. Not good for old Wall's uh, waistline down here. Uh, but, man, that Biscoff cookie cheesecake, oh, it's got, like, you make the, the crust out of, like, crumbled up Biscoff cookies. And it does. It just crumbles apart, and you can kind of roll, like, the good cheesecakey part through it, and it gives it a nice little crunch. Mm. Just, just delicious. Just delicious. Just delicious. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Oh, Jeffy. I just got a text. I just got a text. That there is no more overrated god-awful meal out there than In-N-Out. Hot garbage, he says. Jeff's a fucking idiot. Jeff Slanovic, we'll have it out here. I'll, I'll, I'll say it to your face. I'm going to text it to you right now. You are an idiot. That happened live. Uh, it, it, well, you can see you are an idiot, probably. You probably can't see the white. But I'll stand by that. In and out's fucking delicious. And it's not like $75 like uh, Five Guys is. So, all right, moving on from the food. Uh, the goat, the goat's birthday was yesterday, uh, February 17th. Uh, Michael Jordan turned 71, the best basketball player of our lifetime. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, shares a birthday with uh, a friend of the pod, Mr. Eric Appley. Uh, we might see Eric here in uh, March to make some picks with us. Who knows? Eric's kind of flaky. You never know if he's going to join us or not. <clears throat> but Michael Jordan, 61st birthday. Um, while we're talking basketball, uh, Caitlin Clark is now the all-time leader in women's college basketball in scoring. And the way she made it, the uh, way she passed the record uh, en route to scoring 49 points, 49 points, and then assisting on like another 30, uh, she brought it across half court and pulled up from about 35 feet, it looked like. And just buried it. Just buried it. What a what a shot. What a shot. What an absolute shot. Now, I happened to have on basketball college game day at this exact time when Jay Williams was saying was unwilling to say that Caitlin Clark is great. Unwilling to say that Caitlin Clark was great because she hasn't won a national championship. The all-time leading scorer was not great because she hasn't won a national championship. There was also somebody brought this up that she is the most popular college basketball player in America right now. Not most popular women's, most popular college basketball player. And I wholeheartedly agree. Who's next? Zach Eady from Purdue? Outside of that, I don't know if I can name a player on a team that's not North Carolina. Uh, I can name some guys that were from North Carolina. Tyler Nickel plays for Virginia Tech. I found that out because I watched the game. I was like, wait a second, that kid played for North Carolina. Caleb Love plays for Kansas. Is, is, is wait, is Pablo is Ben who plays for Duke? There's the one kid I know there, the point guard. Or the two guard. What's his name? I mean, I don't even know his name. Roach, Jeremy Loach. I was going to say Pablo Banchero. He hasn't played for them in like a couple years. How? Where does Pablo Banchero? Is his name even Pablo Banchero? Paolo. Paolo Banchero. 
he hasn't even played for Duke in a couple of years now that I think about it, probably. He played for Duke in 2022, so it's been two years. Caitlin Clark is the most popular college basketball player in America. She's the greatest scorer in women's college basketball history. I think there was somebody they can make an argument about before, like, NCAA officially recognized women's basketball back in the day. But for Jay Williams to say she's not a great player is just asinine. 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 All right. We'll end on this one. Oh, no, we got two more things. Well, first, so went on a walk the dog every morning, but uh, today went to a park, went on a good hike, you know, up a hill, down a hill, like through the woods, over some rocks, up onto a bluff. Uh, there's something about a good hike that soothes the soul. It was getting nicer out here in Wisconsin. Uh, it was like 40 degrees out today. The sun was out. You didn't feel like you wanted to kill yourself being outside. It was beautiful. A good hike really soothes the soul. Good hike really soothes the soul. And we'll end on this one. The Rock was back again. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns is set for WrestleMania. Uh, kind of interrupting plans of doing Rock and Roman Reigns. Uh, we'll see if they maybe do a Rock Reigns tag match against uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins on night one and then do Reigns uh, Rhodes on night two. Um, but The Rock went heel. The Rock went heel rock on Friday night SmackDown. Uh, the roommate was away. I cooked myself a steak, had a couple of yinglings. Uh, and me and me and Boomer settled in and watched SmackDown. The Rock went heel rock. He had a nice thing where he had like a, a vest on. He used to wear the leather vest when he was Hollywood heel rock. And but he used to have the you know the five hundred the thousand dollar shirts. Uh, and he had like a, a vest that like looked like one of those old five hundred or thousand dollar shirts, whatever he called them. He went heel rock and was doing, no, 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 no sing along with the rock. He said, that's what the bloodline's cooking. Threw up the, you know, threw up the thing. Here, you know what I'm doing. Um, it was good. It was fun. It was a, it was a nice twist. He kind of turned into, he turned into the, the swerve. He swerved into the pate and, uh, and went with it. So that was fun. Uh, looking forward to kind of keeping track of that going to WrestleMania. So, uh, all right, that's all I got. We'll, uh, we'll go wrap this thing up. Okay. Closing time, everybody. Um, Thank you as always. Thank you to everybody. Appreciate you guys. Uh, going to try and do some more interesting stuff here uh, going forward. I thought I had something lined up this week, but it fell through to do uh, an interview with somebody, but just never got back. I'm going to try and try and get that thing going again. Uh, try and do some fun stuff. You know, now that football's over, we've got a little extra time. Like I said, this was a little bit of a shorter episode, so um, I wasn't totally wrong. I did rant and ramble a little bit on the golf there, but no, no worries. So um, thank you to everybody. Uh, 20% off liquid IV promo code OWH. Uh, thank you to producer Kevy as always, uh, going to be back next week. Again, hoping to do some fun stuff coming up here. Just some, trying to do some, some different stuff here. Now that we're kind of in the, the, the weird stretch of no football. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, back next week and we'll, uh, we'll keep, keep this thing rolling. So, uh, till then peace. <laughs>